We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. This is Broncos for Breakfast. It will be a solo breakfast. Well, for me, I'm, I'm here with all of y'all today. So cheers to everyone. Get your Lion Coffee at lioncoffee.com. Uh, cheers to everybody. Appreciate you being here. It will be me this morning for the last time. Not just me being here, but being solo. Nick will be back tomorrow. And that should be uh, the rest of it for the rest of the uh, of the season. It should be me and Nick. Good to go as we get going. The Denver Broncos were good to go uh, with about 20 minutes left in the game. The first 40 were a little questionable. And then the last 20, the Denver Broncos came to life and took advantage of a team with a weak disposition who was going to give you chances to win. And they did. And the Broncos took advantage of it. So uh, there was plenty to like. There was plenty to say, yeah, I know, but good God, we're still not any good. I understand, but there's two ways this team can go from here. They can move forward. They can spring forward and take advantage of this win. Got the Jets coming home, who were another questionable opponent. Move to two and three before you get into the teeth of your schedule with some confidence. Start getting some players healthy again. There's a lot of good talent coming back on defense here that should be getting healthy soon, whether it's Kwan Williams Baron Browning, Justin Simmons coming back, Josie Jewell. All of a sudden, your defense starts looking a lot better. Uh, on that note, I want to say hello. We go live every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 9.35 Eastern, 7.35 Mountain. And the reason why we go live is because we enjoy the conversation with y'all. So with that, I want to say hello to some folks that have come in um, nice and early. Like David Yonkin, he comes in. He says, so Vance Joseph saved his job for now. A win is a win, but the defense is still a dumpster fire. <laughs> and a win or not, uh, speaking of fire, VJ, uh, Vance Joseph should be fired. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. Uh, how long do you give him? What kind of message does that sound? I guess that's one of the the the, the morale factor. You know, if if you put a team together and the first time things start going bad and you, you start cutting people like that, everybody else is looking over their shoulder. They're looking over their shoulder too. And they're not able to, to work at the best of their abilities because they've got one foot out the door, handing out resumes thinking, okay, I'm, I need to be looking out for myself because this is going bad rather than, than putting it together. That's my argument for keeping Vance jo uh, Joseph. Not that I would say that isn't a problem. I, I was a little surprised or, weren't more changes made coming off of a 70 point game, but oh God, it was 70 points. And then what? 28 straight with 98 points in about six quarters. 
Yeah, <laughs> David, I'm not going to argue out of it. Just saying another perspective on this. Duke Rose comes in. Well, the Bears just out-tanked us. Oh, that's a tough one to argue with, too, on that one. Uh, again, I don't think the, – the, the Denver Broncos aren't actively tanking. And coaches don't actively tank. The administration might. Ownership might. Hey, I don't want this guy playing. Uh, he's hurt. Set him out. Uh, I want to see this guy's got a $30 million guaranteed contract and we're four and 11. If, if, if he gets hurt, I have to pay him $30 million, bench him. That happens. That absolutely happens. Um, that's not what Sean Payton and Denver Broncos are here for right now. They're, they're really trying to salvage a season. The Broncos, I'm not so sure. I mean, the bears, I'm sorry. The bears, I'm not so sure while they're not actively tanking my God. God, did they get away from what was working in the first half? You can talk about adjustments from the defense and Vance Joseph and these guys all you want to, but bootlegs and crossing routes all day. It was it was pitch and catch in the first half, in the beginning of the third quarter, the first drive. It was as easy as you can get. And all of a sudden it was run into the line of scrimmage and drop back pass. Run into the line of scrimmage, drop back pass. Do you know when I really noticed a legit naked boot for the for the Bears after things started going bad for them? They went naked boot right in Nick Benito, and it was a scoop and score fumble on the backside. Um, that worked really well, and it wasn't even naked boot. It was more like design rollouts that were working with protection. You, you hear people say you have to move the pocket around so they don't have a stationary target. So that was a naked boot, which is a gamble a big gamble when they were moving the ball pretty well against the defense and they run a naked boot right in a video and things go horribly wrong for the Chicago bears uh, credit to the Denver Broncos for coming back and making plays and doing all that stuff. But when it's, you've got a 28 to seven lead with 20 minutes left in the game and you lose a lot of that's on you. Ask me how I know y'all know I'm from Atlanta, right? Ask me how I know you're complicit in giving up a 28 to single digit lead in 20 minutes. It's not just the other team. It, it takes two to tango on that one. Jeremy Sean says, morning boys, winners, Russ, Marvin Mims, Will Lutz, and short sleeves, losers, Vance, rush defense, pass defense, instant replay, McFlinchy. <laughs> That's the first time I've seen that. Uh, and the pre-snap penalties and long sleeves. Um, Yeah, there were that touchdown you know, when, when I, when I, I was listening to the game and I watched the replay and then the third time I watched it, they, they actually clarified the rule and y'all probably knew this already, uh, cause you watch the broadcast, but the, the pylon doesn't count for feet. It counts for the ball. If I tip the ball, then it's part of the, part of the end zone. It's touchdown, but it doesn't count for feet. And it was clear and obvious his other foot didn't touch the ground. He, he got one foot down and pirouetted and kicked the pylon. Um, in that drive, there was a 15-yard personal foul on their linebacker, Jack Sanborn, that was a little questionable, too. When you've got two teams like this that are as bad as these are, you're going to see some questionable stuff. There were five false starts for the Denver Broncos. Mc McGlinchey had two of them. There were four from the Chicago Bears. The pre-snaps up in said that last week, what could you expect? You could expect to see some, some ugly football. To that said, though, there were some really good things that I saw in this game on offense. 
Um, but is that just bad defense? If the offenses could get out of their own way, they were having success. <clears throat> that was that was pretty much it. Was a lot of self-inflicted wounds on offense. I'm going to scroll down just a little bit and say hello to some more folks. Uh, Dominique Martin says, "Hey, Nick and Scott, morning to my Broncos family. Mile high salute to whomever it may concern." <laughs> Finally, it's a win, but this defense makes me nervous. Every QB looks amazing against them. I think uh, Justin Fields was 15 for 15 with three touchdowns in the first half. Is the only incompletion was a was a hail mary. Um, goodness, Th- making him look good. He's he's a talented guy. I, I'd really like to see him get a, another shot somewhere else. And I think we're going to get that chance because the track that the Bears are on <clears throat> with the number one or number two pick, they're drafting a quarterback. And Justin Fields will be available to someone else and a fresh start because he's clearly talented. I mean, you see the you see all the tools. Um you see it within the structure of the offense, he's he's really good. Jeremy follows up and says at 28-7, I was convinced advance was fired. We pulled a miracle and now we have to keep him another week or two. And um yeah, who's coming up next? Is it Jets? The Jets are coming next. I'm, I'm week to week on a lot of these things. So you've got Jets at Chiefs. Packers, Chiefs again at Bills. Realistically, you're hoping, hoping for two and two. I mean, what's the best case scenario? What's without saying, okay, well, I'm I'm expecting four and oh. Okay. No, you're not. What would you consider good? What would you take right now? If I offered you two and two, would you take it on that? And then you're still looking at what? Uh, let's say you, uh, you're two and two. You're looking at what? Then five, three and five. It's not looking a lot better. All you're doing is knocking yourself down from a top five pick to a, a, a eight to 12 pick. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Slash Denver Broncos. James Hyatt has come in. So I want to burn those orange jerseys after that mess in Miami. I really don't care to see those orange jerseys again. Kevin Gray, good morning. Uh, good. He says, mile high salute to Broncos country. Denver Broncos for life. Good morning to you as well. Jamal's come to see us. It's good morning, Broncos country. We finally got a win. Diamond Rattler, he's feeling better today. Boom, let's go. Donald Willison, good to see you. This is good morning, Broncos country. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Uh, and like I said, Nick will be back on uh, on tomorrow. So when we when we go and look through the game again with his perspective, uh, he will be back tomorrow. Uh, string guy coming in says, good morning, all. Colin Wood says, what is this reluctance about getting Mims and McLaughlin more involved? These are the guys that are making plays. I don't know. Uh, part of it was Javante Williams. And then once Javante Williams went out, McLaughlin was, was in there more often. Uh, where did Mims finish as far as targets go on that game? I felt like they at least tried to get him a slip screen on that one, uh, you know, trying to get him the ball. So he finished with just two targets. Uh, he had one long catch and then one behind the line of scrimmage, just two targets. Five targets for Jerry Judy. Five targets for Cortland Sutton, two for Marvin Mims. I don't know. Get him the ball. Yep, I I, I agree with you on that one. Um, I haven't seen the snap counts yet. They haven't come out. I was interested because last week they only had uh, 15 snap counts for uh, they he had he's been averaging about 15 snaps per game on offense. Yeah, that's not enough. Um, Corey John says, I think Peyton said, if we decide we want to win more games, that that's a sh- that's that's not a tanking thing. That's a that's a shot at his the effort from his team. Uh, if these guys decide they want to be here, if they decide they want to play, um, that's that's pretty common coach speak. Not that's a shot at his team. That's a motivational shot. Um, you know, I could tell <laughs> when I was coaching youth baseball, I could tell in warmups which team had shown up. It's a lot easier because there's a big difference between you know grown men and eleven. I was like, these guys aren't here to play. Um, that's just a fairly common, a fairly fairly common. Uh, phrase ryan coming in he says good morning broncos country everyone say with me start nick benito over gregory um the kid complaining is only getting better he he is um he did start the last past two games he had almost 50 percent more snaps over gregory against the dolphins and he did start uh him and cooper were the start if they didn't start he was in i'm almost positive he started but i know he was in more than randy gregory um Randy Gregory's effort level was considerably better in this game. His effectiveness, his effectiveness was not. So just watching, I've been really critical of Randy Gregory. I know I'm not the only one, but I don't listen to everybody else. Um, so it's usually a, a fairly, uh, you know, unbiased opinion, unbiased by outside factors other than just what I see. I was biased against Randy Gregory coming in because his attitude and effort have been crap. Watched him closely. Uh, he, I, I, I thought the effort was good. You can tell when he's getting blocked, he's chasing down plays from the backside. He's getting involved, uh, in piles, 
trying, the effort was good. The effectiveness as a pass rusher was not. Um, on Nick Benito, Nick Benito had a good game, and you want the athleticism there to take advantages of blown blocking assignments. But when he was in the backfield, he really wasn't getting touched. <laughs> he was coming in free. So Nick Benito had a really good game, and obviously you're not expecting two and a half sacks per. But one of the things that I really liked about him in the very first drive, he sealed an edge. I know it sounds crazy, but he, he took on the left tackle, sealed an edge, forced it back inside, and then the, he, he, took, he, he did his job. Then if he's coming in uh, untouched on Justin Fields, hey, he's making sacks. You know, two, his, his, his sack in the first half was untouched, that naked bootleg that came right to him on the, on the fumble, untouched. Again, but he's got the athleticism to, to take advantage of that. that that's a good thing. Um, Randy Gregory has been ineffective. Uh, and Benito is getting more, more snaps than him. Uh, Michael Evans says, well, the Broncos won, but did they really? Yeah, Broncos country, does it feel like a win today? Does it feel like a win? I, I think it does, especially when you come back from 28-7 to come back and win. You're like, okay, these guys do care. That's when I've given up on teams for the season. As I've told y'all, this is a job for the, the professionals. It's a job. You will outlast them. You will be Denver Broncos a lot longer than Russell Wilson. You will be Broncos longer than Sean Payton. It's a job. Every once in a while, when you've been around as long as I have, you see a team that is just flat out freaking quit. And you're like, you know what? To hell with these guys. They're going to be gone in a year. I'm not putting forth my emotional effort in, into this team I'm going to just kind of chill and, and I'll wait for next year when these, these guys are gone. If they don't care about being Denver Broncos, why should I care about them? Because I will be a Bronco longer than them. So, Michael, I think what the, the big takeaway here is, is this is a team that you know still cares about going out there and winning football games. And for that, applaud them. Effort and attitude, man. Effort and attitude. I will not get on a guy for not being good enough. I will, be, I will get on a guy if he's going out there and not playing hard enough. These are professionals, even the amateurs. Like I said, youth baseball, youth soccer. I have a problem with effort and attitude. <laughs> Wang, Wang says, I can finally show my face again. That's good. Good morning, Scott. Um, where did Jeremy had a, had a comment in here about the, uh, the officiating going and, and going after uh, you know Sean Payton and trying to get him every chance they could. Um, I had a conversation after after the show last night with uh, with Chad and Zach. You know, they were saying I don't like this clear and obvious replay rule, and I'm like, golly, I, I disagree completely. Like, I'm like, man, the the replay should be 15 seconds. Put a 15 second clock on it. It was never meant to reofficiate games. Otherwise, they take too long. Go watch a a first and goal series from the five in college football. It is. If they run it into the pile, into the goal line four times, it can take 15 minutes. It's absolutely brutal to watch. Oh, we can't tell. It's a big scrum. Yeah, no kidding. That one's clear and obvious, y'all. That, that was easy. I only needed one play, one, one replay in 15 seconds. Say, hey, that guy was in the air, and while he was spinning, his foot never came down. He kicked the pylon. The pylon doesn't matter. Gene Tessator said that uh, during the broadcast. The pylon doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. He's out of bounds. Yeah, that, that's that's clear and obvious. Unfortunate thing is there's human beings still making the decisions on what is clear and obvious, and it's amazing. Baseball's worse, y'all. Baseball's awful. It's amazing how badly and how often they still screw it up. 
with a judgment call like that. Troy coming in. Good to see you, Troy. Thank you for breaking the ice on the super, super chat this morning. I appreciate you coming in, uh, coming in yellow for me today. He says, hey, Scott, happy with young guys. Hope we can move Gregory and Sutton for the cap space. Uh, sign Smith. Get back uh, Simmons, Jewel, Williams, Browning, Locke, Dulcich. Always happy with a Broncos win. Which Smith? Who am I forgetting on Smith? I know the Williams, K1 Williams, Javante Williams, Jones. I'm missing a Smith. For some reason, that's uh, that one's passing my mind uh, for, for who to sign. Um, but yeah, Simmons, Jewel, Williams, Browning, PJ Locke, Scott, thank you. Uh, that's Lockie, not the other one. Uh, and Greg Dulcich. Yeah, look at look at the players that could come back. And all of a sudden, your your depth. Because not only do you, when you have an injury, it doesn't just make that position worse. It makes the other position worse. So you're getting worse in two spots when I have an injury. If I have uh, Turner Yell coming in for Simmons, I get worse there. And then when I have to rotate, and it's not so much in the defensive backfield. It really is in the front uh, the front seven edge, especially. Uh, I mean, the, the front five, especially with that heavy rotation, but I get worse in my first unit. And then I have to move somebody up to the second unit who isn't as good as the guy I had to move out of the second unit. So it really hurts two spots. So getting that depth back in there is so important. And, you know, the, the talent, the playmaking, et cetera, et cetera. Hopefully, um, Javante Williams, hopefully just had a hit pointer and, you know, not a, not a strain or anything in there, just a knock a helmet on the, on the hip or whatnot. And he'll be okay. Uh, but it would be good to get Dulcich back and get Mims more involved. Judy looks good. Sutton looked good. The offense, and frankly, y'all, Russell Wilson looked great. I know it was the Chicago Bears, so we're going to you know, have these questions and everything, but he was making throws with guys in his face with pure arm talent on the run. Russell Wilson looked great in this game. If nothing else comes out of this, I think you've got a tradable asset. If you decide to burn it all down, I think you can get some money back from his contract and a day two pick if you decide you need to move Russell Wilson. So that is the worst best case <laughs> uh, that could come out of this thing. Hey, gang, make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day you know how it is watching the broncos to say the least you work up a bit of an appetite but you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after nfl kickoffs plus all day sunday and get ready for some football and fun choose your favorite little caesar's pizza or pick the toppings you crave either way you win personally i'm a big fan of little caesar's plain cheese pizza but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust and speaking of winning everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup so grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game this episode is brought to you by pepsi wild cherry Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Michael Ranquillo, and thank you, Troy. I appreciate the support, my friend. 
Hope to see you here in a couple of weeks. It is October. That means we're really getting close to the meet and greet. I think that's in three weeks. Michael Rankio says, good morning, Scott. I'm Broncos for breakfast. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate your support on both shows. Um, Greg Smith says, good morning, Broncos for breakfast. Good morning, Greg. Uh, let me see this. Ryan Thompson saying, good morning. Good morning. Uh, String Guy says, the Jets came close to beating the Chiefs last night. It won't be an easy game for Denver. Yeah. How about that? Only two wins that the Jets would have are uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills. Go figure. Sounds like a motivation problem, doesn't it? Um, Zach Wilson played good. If if you get, they're a good enough team that if you just don't have Zach Wilson lose the game, they're they're going to be dangerous. That's that's certainly not a gimme. Got easier than with Aaron Rodgers there, that's for sure. But that's that's no gimme coming up. Nick and I'll go into that game extensively uh, uh, later. Derek says the pass rush is top ten yesterday. I think the results, as far as a couple blown assignments leading to a couple sacks, but I don't see guys beating the man in front of them very often. So while you may have had, may have gotten to the quarterback, a lot of that is because of blown protections and blown assignments from the Bears as opposed to my guy beating your guy. So I, I just, I don't see, I think that's still a big problem with this team uh, is is the pass rush, un- unfortunately. Um, and, and as Ryan says, it would be nice to have all of these guys back when we play the Chiefs. Yeah, it, it would. And hopefully you're not losing guys long-term and you're getting some of these guys back. That could 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 make a big difference for this team to be going out there uh, with a full sack, especially on defense. K1 Williams is a, is a very underrated loss. Baron Browning is a guy that can get to the quarterback on his own. Justin Simmons, Turner Yell played better, and he was going to be better against the Bears than the Dolphins. Everybody was on defense for the most part. But he's not Justin Simmons. So that, that makes a difference. Well, Josie Jewell makes a difference out there. Um, I don't want Drew Sanders to have to be thinking. I want to put him in an obvious, obvious situation. We call them, you know, this is a third and eight. It's obvious. They have to pass. I want it to be obvious. I want to limit his decision-making out there while he's a rookie. So Josie Jewell helps this team as well. Uh, Derek Kincaid's thoughts on Javante Williams. Like I said, hopefully it's just a, a hit pointer. Hopefully he took a helmet there. I haven't seen too much of it since then. Um, you know, I know they said questionable at first and then ruled to out, uh, as it went. Ryan Thompson says, we need to fix the O-line. That Jets defense looks good last night against KC. The Jets defense looks good against everybody, especially, uh, in that front line. Their front line is going to be, let me see, before I say this, I want to say just off the top of my head, it's going to be the best front line you faced. Raiders, yeah. Commanders, close. Dolphins, good. Bears, yeah. Jets are going to have the best front four, front five of any team that you've seen so far. So it's going to be tough. The defense is going to have to step up. You you can't you can't count on getting 31 points against them. And you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get the ball back to your offense and and work your way through. Gary Palmer coming in green. I appreciate the super chat, my friend. He says, Good morning, Scott. I feel better today, but the D sucked for most of the game. Uh, even Patrick Sertan was playing bad. Um yeah, I, it's. I don't remember seeing Pat Sertan on the wrong end of too many throws, though. Uh, I, I will start watching. I'll tell you what I will start doing is I will start mentioning, start watching body language, uh, effort off the ball. You know, is he is he coming in, and you know, making tackles? How is he doing in run support? 
those are the kind of things that start telling me about a player's mental attitude as he checked in that if we decide, you know, going back, calling back to just a few minutes ago, we said, if we decide we want to win more games, that's the kind of stuff you're looking for. Um, if he's blocked on the edge and it looks like the play is contained, is he's let himself stay blocked or is he fighting through it in order to get in on the tackle? Those kind of things. Those are the kind of things as some criticism has started coming towards Pat Sertan. Those are the kind of things I'll start watching. We haven't had to worry about that too much, have we? Uh, unique prepping just to support MHH and Broncos country still have positivity in Sean Payton. Just need Vance Joseph set in his place, which would probably be over in the corner. Uh, and unique prepping. Uh, sorry about my Falcons prediction, but I tried to hedge and let you know that, listen, you, I, I, you don't know right now with this team. And I didn't expect Jacksonville to have a stinker two games in a row and they played considerably better. And the Falcons can't throw their way out of a wet paper bag right now, becoming one-dimensional. So apologies for that one. So hopefully your 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 fantasy game and your your stuff still worked out good for you, my friend. Um, Colin Woods says Sam Howell gave the Eagles all they wanted yesterday, so maybe it's not just us. Still stuck to blow a lead like that. Sam Howell's playing great. Uh, he is playing really, really well. Um, so a lot of moxie there. That's one of those chip on your shoulder, undersized guys who has to do everything a little bit better than everybody else because he doesn't have the tools. Uh, you know, when you're, when you are a six foot, six foot one quarterback, you've got to do it better than the guy who's six, five that walks in the first guy off the bus. You've got to be significantly better than that guy. Otherwise ask Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson was when Russell Wilson was coming out of high school, I put like two stars next to his name because I'm like five, 10 quarterbacks, who are high round baseball players, they play baseball. Uh, I was shocked um, that he went out. So Sam Howell is a hell of a quarterback. He's he's doing really well. And we'll get more into that. Um, we'll get more into that for sure. Um, if Riley Moss is 100%, does he start over Mathis? Great question, Tyrone Young. Probably not right away. Um, coaches like to say, you'll hear Peyton say it. You'll hear all of them say, you, you can't go from zero to 100 when you've been out for this long. So I would think if he's a hundred percent and you don't get a hundred percent in your first game, you've got to play your way into being a hundred percent. I had this discussion online, someone uh, about Kyle Pitts, um, you know, that Arthur Smith has hinted that he's not hundred percent. And they're like, well, if he's not healthy, then he shouldn't be out there. That's different. You can be healthy and not at 100% of your peak of, uh, you know, look at, look at, look at baseball, you know, guys take a month, coming off of, uh, you know, if they've been out for a while, it may take them a month to, before they lock in and get their swing back. And they play every damn day. So Riley Moss, when he comes back, don't expect him to get 60 snaps. Even if he was a starter, he might come in and get 15 to 20, 8 to 10. Get him out there. Get back in the game. Get yourself back into playing shape for the second half of the season. Uh, Dom says the defense is still the worst in the league. You probably would have an argument with the bears on that one. <laughs> um, and Isaac says top five pick and trade back. The problem with that one is you've after the first three, you've got to find someone willing to come up. Uh, you want to say, yeah, trade back, trade back, trade back, but it's hard to trade back out of that spot unless there is an elite prospect. And there might be who needs a left tackle. Um, there's not necessarily the edge guy in there. The first three are trade up candidates. One and two. 
And then three is probably Marvin Harrison Jr. Those three are fairly well locked in. Those are trade-up candidates. But after that, you're at four. Again, unfortunately, I'll I'll reference the Falcons again because 2021, they had the fourth pick in the draft. The three quarterbacks went one, two, three. And then the third pick was the the trade for Trey Lance, where the 49ers sent the Dolphins um, or the Eagles. I can't remember who it is because there was a bunch of three-way trades in there. Sent them, I think it was the Dolphins, sent them three number one picks. And it was Eagles. Hell, I don't know. I'm getting confused going here by myself. Um, the number three pick ended up being three first round picks. And then at number four, you're sitting there going, okay, no one wants to trade up anymore because four through 11, I had an opposite problem that time. Four through 11 through 12 were all really, really good players. Why why am I going to trade up to four when I can get a beast at nine, when I can get Pat Sertan at 12, 13, when I can get Micah Parsons at 11, I don't want to trade up four. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah. I would be team trade back for this team as well and accumulate more draft picks if possible. Um, the way things are going right now. Um, Ruben says, I said this last week, we'd beat a crappy Bears team, crappy Jets team, and people will say we're back. And then we play the Chiefs and get our butts whipping and back to reality. Yeah, Ruben, that's not that's not exactly a hot take. <laughs> um, again, you can you need to beat the Jets and then the next the next three games after that become Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs, Bills. That's uh, that's a tough slate. Coming up in your next uh, next five games, there's not a gimme in that bunch. Not that any not not that any of them are gimmies, for goodness sake. Um, I want to make sure I've gotten all my super so far. I believe as I'm scrolling down, I'm 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 about 15 minutes behind in the chat as I work my way down. So um, I apologize if I, I'm missing you. Uh, James says, great, uh, Randy Gregory got paid. So he's basically going through the motions again. I, I saw, I saw the effort yesterday. I just, I don't think he's very good at getting off blocks, plain and simple. He's, he's fairly easy to block with one guy. He gets a lot of his stat plays on pursuit on backside, on hustle, on coverage, where, the quarterback has to hold it for an extra tick because the coverage downfield is good. And oh, here comes Gregory after you know the 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 left tackle had held his initial block for long enough to do his job. Um, I just he won't be a Bronco next year. Uh, that's pretty much the way I feel about that one. Um, Mark says I don't trust either Sutton or Judy. Don't have a lot of choice on that one right now, though, dude. Um, you can go Mims. Brandon Johnson's okay, but you know Sutton and Judy are a step above those guys. I thought Judy played a good game. He made a hell of a catch in the first half on that. I think it was that touchdown drive. Um, Snatch one. I know he had another uh, a drop on the outside, but he, I thought Judy's been playing pretty well. Um, and the run blocking hasn't been all that bad. Uh, all that bad either. Again, the false starts for both teams were just silly. Nine of them. Come on, man. Um, let me see here. We'll move down here a little bit. Going to try and say hello to some folks we don't always see. Like, Alex, is it me or is the NFL trying to make everyone hate the Chiefs with all the pandering and giving them calls? Or is it everyone that hates the Chiefs only remembers the calls that go in their favor? Uh, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm teasing. I didn't, I didn't watch that game. I didn't watch that game yesterday, so I didn't see how many of them went. What I do know is it's human nature to remember the good and not the bad. Again, everybody remembers on that same drive. 
the touchdown that goes to that hits a pylon, but nobody wants to mention the personal foul, questionable personal foul call on the sidelines again that went against the Bears earlier in that drive for Sanborn hitting, I think it was Beck um, or Burton, the uh, the fullback coming out on a on a dump off. Man, that's a, that was an everyday tackle. I I don't get that one, and people forget that stuff. That's that's human nature, you know. Oh, if we had made this play. We would have won the game. Well, hell, they missed three plays too. If they had made this play, we'd be in the same situation. So I didn't watch that game um, to, to say too much about it. Let's see. Our offense is averages 25th, by the way, while the defense is giving up 37.2 points per game. Um, yeah, the, when, when 28, you go down from 28 K-hop, you get 28 points scored against you and your average goes down. That's not always good. Um, 25 points per game is is solid. Um, it is solid. Expert Ninja says Sean Payton needs to realize what he has in Judy and Mims since they both uh, get not enough, excuse me, not enough targets. I understand spreading the ball, but you need to make plays for your top wide receivers. Slip screens, et cetera, et cetera. And I did notice, uh, y'all have heard me talk about screen plays a lot and how screen plays are a staple in a Sean Payton offense, getting the ball to the backs, and I've questioned, actually, I haven't even questioned. I flat out stated that the offensive line isn't necessarily built for getting outside screen plays. So the uh, early on in this, one of the first plays was a screen play. And how was it set up? It was set up on a double end around. Fake one way, fake the other way, dump off right. That was the only way they could get enough time to get the offensive line men out in position in order to run a screen. So Leo McLaughlin's touchdown was on a screen play. How many guys were out in front of him? So th this, these are adjustments. These are the adjustments we talk about from week to week. How many guys were out in front of Jaleel McLaughlin on that touchdown? One. One. Who was it? We know who it is. There's only one guy that can get out there, Quinn Miners. So rather than scheming to get McGlinchey out wide right, to get Cushenberry out wide right, to get Powers left, to get uh, Bowles left. What are they doing? They're scheming so they can hold the ball a little longer to get their offensive lineman in position, and they're scheming to get one-man screen plays, and Quinn Miners was out there and made a great block to help spring Jaleel McLaughlin. Those are the adjustments that you're having to make based on personnel in order to do some of the things you want to do on your offense. Those are sacrifices. Those aren't exactly what you want to have. It's not exactly how you want to do it. Um, but it is adjustments that I notice in the short passing game that Sean Payton has done um, from, from week to week. Um, talking about moving guys. Joey uh, LaGuardia says, I'd pass on Simmons as well. If we're moving on to next year, uh, which is how I was planning at 28-7, how I was planning. I was planning the Scorched Earth podcast. All right, let's break, break this team down and we'll we'll break it down for you. Simmons is gone. Uh, I think it's like 18 cap hit next year against a 2 million dead cap. If you want to keep him, you're, you're restructuring him. You're extending him. He won't play on that contract next year. I'm not saying he won't be a Denver Bronco, but... If you want to move on, if you're going to try and rebuild, why are you rebuilding with a 31, 32-year-old safety? I don't see it. You're better off getting that cap money and, uh, and and using it in other places to try and fortify some other spots in your team, some other depths. Like I've said, you can get 
three six million dollar defenders that that's that's good money especially in your in your 22 and your depth on your line especially for him and a draft pick yeah you probably want to do that but he won't play on that contract next year uh would be very very surprising lawrence good to see you so what up guys finally a win i think without alexander johnson our middle is hurting wow that's a callback <laughs> when when's the last time aj played for this team was that 2021 it's been a long time to try and play some i think the middle's okay um you watch how this team was winning though it was i have to commit guys forward to to uh to protect against the run because i can't trust my front five to do it so i have to put sanders i have to put jewel i have to put uh, singleton in this case singleton and, and sanders i have to move them forward right away now the crossing patterns on my bootlegs are wide open 10 yards across they were wide open it was pitch and catch so for me it's not necessarily the linebackers it's the front of your defense it's the front five on your defense that isn't able to stand up against the run on their own that then opens up those crossing patterns behind the linebackers that was easy pitch and catch against chicago it was open and worked against the dolphins you were hitting Tyreek Hills of the world. Uh, those are touchdowns instead of 20-yard gains. So, again, um, but, you know, Alexander Johnson out there, that's 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 quite the callback on AJ. Uh, Dom says the secondary is pretty weak. Yeah, they're, they're, there's guys there that, you, that you're playing that, you, that are not available to you. So you get Simmons, Riley Moss, and Kwan Williams. There's three of your five in your secondary potential starters that are – out uh and at best you're talking riley moss as one of your uh next guys in your dime package so you know you're you're banged up back there um the safety position was kind of obvious i said that from the beginning when you're going in with caden stearns who has five starts in his career because of injuries or whatnot then you go to uh kareem jackson who's been a liability in coverage for two years now this is year three and you wonder why you're having to go to your third safety yeah that's that's man that doesn't take a 4-0 to figure that one out um let me see we've gotten to gary appreciate that one let's see let's let's hit twitch here we got our twitch guy coming in he says not sure how to feel this is stash brannigan over on twitch not sure how to feel realistically i expect two more wins this season would i trade three wins for the first pick <laughs> you're dang right i would um yeah, if you're sitting there going three and if, if I'm only expecting two more wins and I say three and 14 for the number one pick, would I take that over six and 11? Yeah, yeah, that, that's where you get to the end. You get that meaningless win at the end and you're like, why did you win this game? This this league rewards you for losing. Why should people be surprised when teams intentionally lose? You are rewarded for losing. Huh, wonder what I'm going to try to do at the end of the season then. Like I said, it's not rocket science. Cheese and the, the the carrot and the stick reward a team for losing, and they're they're gonna want to lose. Uh, appreciate you coming in, Stash. Uh, I'm gonna scroll down towards the bottom here and start working my way up a little bit because there's some folks that have come in. I want to say hello to, and um, we got a lot of people in the chat. And I, I'm afraid I haven't been able to get to everybody today by myself. I apologize, but I certainly appreciate you being here. And if you have any questions after the fact, leave them in the comments especially on YouTube. Um, I come back and I read all of the YouTube comments either the next day or later that same day and, and want to try and answer them. 
I'm sure I've misspoken at least twice since we've done this. So I, I like to clarify and be corrected. I'm okay with that. Um, a lot of discussion here about the, uh, about the, uh, the refs. Yeah, I get it. Refs. I know it's, it's tough. Um, Gabe Brock says Singleton is uh, a great play in fourth down, but he's been awful this year. He was a great um, veteran on a veteran minimum, but paying so much was dumb. I think Singleton's been okay. It'd take me a while on saying what is wrong with this team before I got to, uh, to Alex Singleton. Um, and I know that, you know, sacks are, uh, are tackles. Those are not the greatest stat in the world. Someone's got to make them though. Um, four solo tackles, 12 tackles. I'm sure he's leading the team in tackles. The middle linebacker, no matter who you put in that spot would lead this team in tackles, but it would take me a while if I was going down problems with this team before I got to Alex Singleton. Um, doesn't mean he's the answer. Uh, and I think he's probably on a one-year deal. Uh, I know they say, oh, Scotty signed two years. No, he didn't check out the guaranteed money. Uh, check check cap against dead cap to figure out what his deal is. So he's on a, I would say he's on a two-year deal. Then he signed a three-year $18 million deal with nine guaranteed. So the third year is basically a wash. Uh, But next year he's got a $7 million cap hit against a uh, 5.7 dead cap hit. Now you can, you can absorb that if you needed to. Um, And a lot of that money is in base salary. It's not in bonus, so it's guaranteed salary. So if you were able to pawn him off for a seventh round pick, you could you could get some of that salary back next year. But I don't I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's the problem so much. Um, what did y'all think about the fourth down call at the end of the game to uh, to not take the lead? I in hindsight, that's a huge mistake. If you're looking at it, you hear coaches say all the time, if we can't get one yard, we don't deserve to win. You should probably take the lead in that case against a team that is struggling to get wins also. And they went for it on fourth and one at midfield in the first quarter at the end of the first. Damn near got stuffed there. And the commentator, I'm not sure who the commentators were on this game on the national broadcast, but comes up and says, boy, that was risky. That almost didn't work out. That certainly was a big risk. Well, it was a big risk in the first. It was a bigger risk in the fourth. And then I really like the play call coming out of that. Um, you got a big momentum switch. Everybody's hyped. They're a little down. Let's take a shot. All of a sudden, you're in field goal range. That game was, I'm not going to say it was over, but I thought it was a great, uh, I thought it was a great turnaround. And, um, you know, BK Mark says the Bears coach had no respect for the Denver D. That's why they didn't kick it. Well, the other the other thought there is you're you're giving the team the ball with two minutes left, and I've got a, a three point lead, and and I haven't stopped Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos in three straight series. That's the bigger thought. If I get a first down, I can burn out the clock and kick a field goal. I get it, uh, but I think in this case, when two zero and three teams who are finding ways to lose, I, I probably would have gone with the the safer one on that one. Um, because earlier, like I said, earlier in the game, they ran a fourth and one and the Broncos thought they had them stopped. So going right down, right up the middle of the, of the, the, uh, right up the middle at the Broncos defense. Yeah, it was, it was questionable on that one. And yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they did have to, 
uh, run time off the clock. And if they make it, the game's over. That was that was a game-winning play. But like I said, if two 0-3 teams, I'd put the pressure on the team that has had trouble winning games. Um, let me see. Talking about players to keep. Um, sorry, James. So Adrian Hayes, good to see you. Appreciate you being here. Says, I would keep McGlinchey, Sertan, Williams, and maybe Judy. Get rid of everyone else. Um, the guys that you signed to contracts this year will be guys that will be back. Uh, McGlinchey will be back. You have a little bit of option. Ben Powers, his numbers go up. McGlinchey's go up. Um, Sertan, obviously, you're not going to get rid of. Wilson, you're going to have options that aren't very good, but he's playing his way to, you know what? I can keep Russell Wilson for a $35 million cap hit next year is better than having two $35 million dead cap hits in 24 and 25, where you play Wilson one more season and groom another quarterback if you're able to get one or wait until you can draft one. Um, you mentioned Judy. Um, and then, you know, and then the young guys, obviously, you know, you want to keep McLaughlin. There's plenty of guys here that you want to keep, but on the highest, you start looking at the highest paid guys. If I switch, if I go over to spot rack and switch this to uh salary cap by 2024, your top cap hits in 2024 are Russell Wilson. That's going to be a tough one to do something with Garrett Bowles. He's not playing on that contract next year. One way or the other, his number will go down. It's a $20 million debt, uh, $20 million cap hit next year. You have flexibility there. Zach Allen, you're, you're stuck with. His number balloons up to 19. Mac McGlinchey, you've, Mike McGlinchey, you've got him next year. His number balloons from six to 18 and a half on his cap hit next year uh, with a dead cap of 29. So you've got him for another year. Justin Simmons, you've got flexibility. Cortland Sutton, Randy Gregory, Tim Patrick. You actually have a little flexibility with Ben Powers. This is 15 against nine. DJ Jones, you've got $9 million of flexibility. Um, those are your big money ones that are coming in. Most of those guys will either be gone or not be playing on the same contract next year. So there will be, this is going to be for team building and general manager in that aspect of things. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch how, this team is built over the next 12 months. Um, Coach Chris coming in, Broncos Orange. Appreciate you. And this is going to be uh, about the last thing we do today. We're coming up on 50 minutes. So if you've got any burning desires, get them in the chat here. Um, and uh, I'll see if I can get to them. But Coach Chris says, okay, the defense is bad. The offense play calling and the efforts the wide receivers are putting in is suspect. The play calling is elementary. Sutton and Judy seem to have lost their desire to play for this team. That goes back to the comment at the beginning. We were talking about tanking or not tanking. And if, if Sean Payton, I didn't see the quote. If he said, if we decide we want to win any more games, this is what he's talking about. If he decides these guys want to put in the effort, if they just want to go through the motions. Chris, I didn't see. I wasn't watching the perimeter. I was watching the lines. I wasn't watching. And I will. I'm going to start because Pat Sertan, we, we talked about that earlier. If Pat Sertan's effort is going to be in question, I'm going to watch him off the ball. I'm going to see how he's doing in run support. I'm going to see those type of things. I want to see Sutton and Judy when they're blocking. Are they running routes if they're not the one or two uh, guys? How are they coming off the line? How are they trying to beat their press? I will start watching the perimeter because we've we've done enough an analysis on the, the lines of scrimmage. 
that I do want to see. The, the phrase I've used all the time is, you know, they say you can't measure someone's heart. That's true. You can damn well sure tell if they've got it or not, if they're putting forth the effort. I can't measure it, but I know what's going on in the ticker here, if, if they've got it or not. And I will uh, keep an eye on that on the, on the perimeter so I can, you know, I, I'll pass judgment for whatever it's worth and, and, and help contribute to the show, just like you just did, my friend. I certainly appreciate it. Michael Ranquillo says, great show today, Scott, on Broncos for Breakfast. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I certainly appreciate y'all coming in. Uh, make sure you check back in tonight with the Mile High Huddle uh, crew, the priests. I'll be in the background um, taking part, making sure everybody, everything's going okay. I'll be producing tonight for Zach and Chad. They will be back at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And after that, I can't do that much math to figure out the other time zones. Uh, so appreciate you coming in, Michael. Greg Smith, thank you very much. Uh, Pearl Heater, thank you for coming in. Thank you for coming in and 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 uh, joining me today. Look forward to being back with Nick tomorrow morning as well. Uh, to my super chatters, I want to thank you, Troy, Gary, Unique Prepping, Coach Chris, Michael Ranquillo, I'm sure, uh, and everybody that has come in. And Keith says, best win in over a year, a way to come back and win Broncos. And again, if nothing else, oh, we still suck. We're, we're still crappy, you know, old major league. You know this team, they didn't give up. That's something to root for. I know we're grasping at straws. I know it. But it's something to root for. This team didn't give up. I'm not going to give up on them until they give up on us. That's how I would fan it. If you're out there giving your best, even if you're not even if you're not good enough, if you're out there trying, by God, I'll stand up and freaking cheer and support you. That's how I fan. I'm not going to tell you how to fan, but I think uh, there were some good things to see yesterday from this team in a 28-7 comeback win against the Chicago Bears. Y'all come back tomorrow. Nick and I will be back at 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 Mountain. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. have a 401k you're not getting the most for retirement wait what add a Robinhood ira on top then they'll boost it by three percent you can do that and if you transfer in any retirement account you get three percent on top of that is there a limit to the match no limit Robinhood gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any ira on the market sign up for Robinhood gold at robinhood.com boost by april 30th subscription fees apply investing involves risk three percent match requires gold for one year from first match must keep ira for five years match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions Robinhood financial llc member sipc